Welcome to the COSEC Show. Join the COSEC Qatari Securities team as they share their insights on the Australian share market, discussing some of their best performing companies, macroeconomic news from offshore, including local domestic news, foreign exchange, as well as commodities. If you have any questions regarding the share market, our phone lines are open. You can dial in on 1300 854 151 or alternatively, email info at cosec.com.au. Exclusively on this show, each guest will reveal their hottest stock pick. For more information on any of the topics discussed, go to cosec.com.au. The information featured in this program is general in nature and does not take into account your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Guests appearing on the program may own or have commercial arrangements with some of the companies mentioned. Before making any investment insurance or financial planning decisions, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Good afternoon, investors. My name is Will Brownlee, and welcome to the COSEC Show, where we discuss all things relevant in the market this week. Macroeconomic data, currencies and commodities, top performance for the week was, and of course, our hottest stock picks for the week to come. Before I go any further, please allow me to introduce to you my investment panel and resident experts in the market. To my left, the ever-wonderful Caroline Wong. In the centre, the ever-stoic Gabrielle Ryan. And, of course, our senior trader, Linson Cow. Let's jump straight into things. The big topic on this week has, of course, been the RBA. Now, I understand that they have, shock horror, decided to keep rates on hold. Let's unpack that a little bit. I'm going to go straight to Caroline because I know you've been writing a lot of articles about it. So why don't you explain a little bit about what you've been seeing and what the implications are? So just before I jump into the RBA decision. You want uh, to give us suspense just like yeah, you do with Linson? Exactly. Okay, exactly. good. I, like yeah, I, learned, I learned from the best, right? Yeah, you learned. I learned Thank to you. be in suspense. Wow, <laughs> best. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with the pandemic, the central bank has been very active and enthusiastic in asset purchases program. So if we pull up the charts that we have, um, we can see that in 2020 alone, the Fed has added three trillion its, um, to its balance sheet. So that's highlighted in dark purple. So this is a sum of total monetary expansion between 2008, when the global financial crisis hit, up to 2018. So what you're basically saying is that they're doing a lot of buying of yep. bonds, mm-hmm. buying of securities, etc. This is obviously flowing a little bit of money into the market. Yep. By buying a bond, that's allowing people to get more debt or companies to get more debt? Or what, what, is, what does that mean, I suppose? Why is that stimulating the economy? So that's increasing the money supply. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's uh, increasing the money supply. Yeah. So that flows to RBA as well. So in the recent interest rates decision on Tuesday, RBA has also decided that it will be continuing to buy an additional hundred billion worth of bonds. So this is on top of um, their current program, which expires mm-hmm. in mid-April. So and this will be done um, across twenty weeks. So five billion per day. Okay. Perfect. Uh, for per week. Sorry. Linson Cal, let's yeah. let's jump over to yourself. How is this affecting the market, and how does this normally affect the market? Is it doing what we expected it to do? It's generally a positive. If you increase the money supply for stimulative purposes, the idea is if you do it correctly, you are stimulating the market. So, uh, I guess it's one very obvious example that most of our viewers will be able to relate to is what they're hoping for and what they're kind of prodding people to do is if we're going to give you cheaper money, you should be able to pass that on to consumers. For example, you should be able to lower. Uh, you always hear they say, pass on these interest rate cuts in your mortgages. Okay, yes. Right? Yep. They haven't done all of that. They actually did reiterate, hey, guys, can you please do that? 
Um, <laughs> again, they're supposed to be independent, but I hope they do do it. Uh, so the idea is we have more money in our pockets. Uh, we can do sp more spending in the economy. So, uh, I mean, we could also tie this into what happened with the Bank of England. Yes. Uh, also happened later this week. So they actually kept everything on hold. Bond buying was the same. Rates were the same. What we saw actually in the first five minutes, the FTSE, which is their index, mm -hmm. actually fell by about 0.3% in the first five minutes. And their currency, the sterling against the US dollar, actually rose by about half percent in the first five minutes. The reason for that is the market actually had priced in a non-zero probability that they would actually maybe not reduce rates, but at least expand or extend their bond purchase program, their quantitative easing, in the same way that the RBA did. So overall, the market is expecting rates to stay low, maybe even to get more accommodative. And that is one of the reasons why we've seen the market continue to, to rally. I think one of the interesting things that I've been seeing now, I remember being working in the markets sort of, I suppose, two years ago, I suppose, three, and it was when the RBA came out with its interest rate decisions, it came out on the first Tuesday of the month, as it does right now, <laughs> and it was something that no one cared about. Like, quite literally, investors were like, oh, funny that, you know, they've kept it on hold. Okay, uh, and I remember very distinctly listening to Carson Scott, and he always used to try and make it so exciting that they've kept it on hold again. Mm. But we're like, mate, they've kept it on hold for the past like 24 months or something like that. Now it's in a completely different space because now not only do they have the potential to cut the rates, but they also have the added sort of stimulus on the back end of that. Is that, is that sort of what's looking at? Yeah, I guess the market, anytime the market's a little bit uncertain or it's going through a little bit of uh, turmoil, shall we yep. say, they do look to, I mean, they look to two types of key stimulus, fiscal, monetary. So this one we're talking about monetary. They are looking for signs that, oh, they're going to keep this party rolling. And it looks like central banks around the world are going to continue doing that, at yeah. least for the foreseeable future. I'm going to go over to, uh, to Gabe and have a chat to us about what the market's been doing, because you're in and around the market uh, all day, working with clients, looking on the research side and everything. What have you been noticing has been some trends? The market going up, down, volatile? Well, I suppose it's like week. It's uh, been a little bit of a mix. So we had a little bit of softness earlier on, and now we're actually seeing a nice little bit of an uptick. We're just... about 1% or close to yeah, I know we drifted. Roughly. Roughly. Yeah. So we actually had over in the US markets with a lot of positive earnings results from Alphabet, mm -hmm. eBay, uh, PayPal as well. That's mm -hmm. actually record highs. So yes. we are seeing like a lot of positivity over in the US. Again, we have the Biden administration that potentially that's under, you know, underlying a lot of positivity given the potential for the stimulus measures and given the uh, rather bullish sentiment provided by the reserve, we could see some further positivity over in the US markets. I think uh, one of the things that I, I always was hoping was going to happen was I wouldn't have to talk about Donald Trump on the podcast anymore. It's finally <laughs> happened. There's nothing really happening with the politics at the moment. I don't think we should be that surprised. Uh, you know, Biden's not the kind of guy that's a big kind of push or anything like that. Is there anything that you can see that's really happening over in that space right now? Or is it all just business as usual? Well, I, I'm pretty sure it's just business as usual. The I Senate think. trial actually does start next week. So maybe we'll have something to talk about it's then. Senate trial, it, it, it may be a non-event. I mean, I've, I've heard a few legal cases stating that, well, he's the ex-president now. He's a former president. What are they really going to do aside from potentially hampering his... It's not like it's a legal case. So, I mean, it's, you know, I think we've been through that and discussed that. I want to talk about something that's a little bit more closer to home. That's COVID. Now... We're in a good space, right? Would we all agree that we're in a relatively good space? Caroline, do you know what the numbers were today and yesterday or this week? What have they been? Are they relatively muted? Yeah, correct. So I think New South Wales, the last time I read, we were zero cases for like close to more than two weeks. Well done. Well done us. Okay. I think Western Australia's got more pressing ideas. They've got fires at the moment. Is that right? I've seen that. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, it could be. Yeah. Well, I, well, I know Melbourne has actually just gone back, was that 24 hours ago? That, that was exactly what I was about to say. Excellent. Won't steal your thunder, please continue. Well, no, and that's, that's basically oh, that's it. it. That's incredible. Right. I was like, <laughs> one case, mm. one case, suddenly everything's just locked back down mm. again. Gabe, overreaction, underreaction, warranted, <laughs> not warranted. Um, what do you think? Again, hoping, I'm, not, I'm not a health it, professional, so I'm not going to provide any advice. Um, listen, you know, one case, I mean, I don't know. It's not for me to say. Um, they do have, I guess, a precedent there for certain measures, which did are... visit a lot of places in while before you realized he was he was positive. Is this the, the guy that the guy? Yeah. yeah. So he yeah. got it and then, then decided to go on a, a pub yeah. call. Well, whatever, I, obviously, he didn't know what he had it at the time, but yes, he he did visit a lot of places. Well, I guess that's a sign that contact tracing is actually working. That they yes. knew yeah. where he actually went. I guess so. front of everyone's minds is wanting to avoid a situation like we saw earlier or later last year mm. in regards to those lockdowns in Victoria. I think that's probably just the forefront of everyone's minds at the moment. Let's talk vaccinations, okay? Johnson & Johnson out with a vaccination. Uh, Caroline, any any news on that? What's the, the Johnson & Johnson one? You're, you're across that? Yeah. Yeah. I won't steal Linson's time there. I won't steal that. Uh, Linson, I understand that it's uh, Johnson & Johnson's 66% efficacy, right? Efficacy, efficacy. Let's just use the word effective. Okay, it's yeah, so, <laughs> I think they mean the same thing. So, yeah, I, I guess people are... Uh, it's because... Pfizer and Moderna came out first with their 94, 95%. That's if like these, the benchmarks. Of exactly. <laughs> if these guys had come up with the 66%, we'd all be cheering much louder yeah. for them, right? So 66% obviously is not the same as 94, 95%. However, uh, one very key aspect of this is number one, it's cheaper than yes. Pfizer and Moderna. It's, I think it's going to be similar to the AstraZeneca pricing, mm -hmm. but more importantly, it's only a single dose. Yes. So the ability to, you can actually, for the same number of, amount of manufacturing you can actually get to twice as many people mm -hmm. so i guess that's i mean just having more is just a positive as well okay okay perfect and um what what sort of like in terms of in terms of what this means is any sort of news on when we're all going to get vaccinated i think didn't scomo say by october all of us would be would, would have the opportunity to get it i think there's the capacity for everyone essentially to be vaccinated by that time so moving forward um, i think from the end of next month we're going to be seeing gradual uh, progressions in terms of inoculating the population. Just adding on to that, I think um, New South Wales Premier, she is um, fighting for like one third of the vaccinations to come to New South Wales. So mm -hmm. I think that's good for us in that regard. And uh, in terms of like, I suppose we're plagued a little bit with the reporting season at the mm -hmm. moment. I'll go over to, I'll go over Mr. Cow over at the moment, but I understand we've got a little bit of a reporting season at the moment. Yep. How is that sort of starting to affect our stocks? And I'll let you kind of talk for quite a bit on, on that a little bit. Sure. I thought uh, maybe we would talk about this in the next segment. Yeah, we, we could talk about it in the now? next segment, but we'll go to that, to that now as well. Okay, sort sure. of a precursor of it. Okay, I mean, it's, we have only just started, of course, February, August, the two key reporting seasons. We had REA Group today, positive. Uh, it did go up, but then again, so did the broader market. Uh, Nick Scarley actually, it finished, they reported yesterday, they finished it down, but they seem to have undone all of that and more today. I actually so. read a little bit about it. So a broker said that, I think it was Wilson's asset management. So they expected better figures. That's why it came down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, I guess in the case of Nick Scarley, they had already previously provided a mm -hmm. trading update. So mm -hmm. the market probably had already baked that in. So they did very well. They had, what is it, like a record order book. Um, they, one of the key things there was they increased their dividend. dividends. So I think if there was going to be a catalyst, it was going to be that because otherwise all the other figures were the same. Now, mm -hmm. REA Group, positive results, increase in NPAT. However, uh, if you do want to 
sort of play devil's advocate, you could say that part of that, most of that was driven by cost savings. You generally want to see it being driven by increased market share or increased revenue. Now, they did say very positive things about the property market, a few key reasons, uh, COVID abating, mm -hmm. uh, low interest rates, which already, we already talked about, and also increasing consumer confidence. So those are all things that should be positive going forward. They also increased their dividend, by the way. Uh, so I think three out of the last four have been 55 cents. They're up to 59 cents now. Perfect. So in terms of this, is this a landscape that people want to be investing into the market? Is this a good time to be getting into the market? Are we bullish? What, what do you guys think? I mean, I heard some people say that we're going to go on a bit of a tear from here. Not only is the housing property going up, I know this is in the AFR, but also the stock market's doing well. Caroline, are you bull on the market for the next sort of, let's just say to the end of the year? Oh, yep. full on full. I'm actually very <laughs> excited. Like February and, and August are my most, most two favorite months of the year. Almost as excited as you are on iron ore. Uh, no, 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 don't anymore. say that. No, we're not even talking about anything. What about yourself, Gabe? Um, excited, excited about the market? Bullish yeah, well, or? I think I think uh, especially taking into consideration the maintenance of that uh, really low interest rate that we have for potentially the next mm -hmm. four years, all this low cost borrowing, we could see a lot of really good movements in the stock market. Yeah, and what about yourself, uh, Mr. Kelly? Yeah, uh, sort of going to mirroring that as well. What about like in the short term, in this, this sort of month? Are you concerned about this reporting season, or do you think it's going to go through relatively smoothly? It's hard to make a call in advance. Sorry, that's not probably not the as definitive an answer as you would have liked. It'll be interesting to see. It's obviously started off relatively positively. I know if we go off. Uh, recent US results, mm -hmm. more firms than not have beaten their expectations. Yeah, big time. So I, I guess that could explain some of the high price earnings multiples we've seen because the market actually believes that those earnings forecasts are actually artificially suppressed so that the companies can beat them. So maybe we will see that in Australia as well. Now, we did take a bit of a pause at the back end of last week because of the, uh, I always struggle with the, the adjectives, so tomfoolish shenanigans, the stuff oh, that was yeah, happening that, between that yeah, yeah. the retailers and um, the hedge funds. Yes. But we've seen the VIX volatility index. It's come off over 11 points this week. Now that is huge. It, I, I remember a period where it traded consistently between 11 and 20. And volatility year. index is good for movement to either the north or the south. It's generally an indicator. If volatility goes high, that's generally reflecting a little bit more of a risk premium that yes. people require and that will depress asset prices. Okay. So if volatility is coming out of the market, people are getting more confident that should be positive for the stock market. So I think we're very happy to see that happen this week. Very good. So all quite bullish on the market moving forward. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break. If you have any questions, please feel free to take a video and email it through to info at cosec.com.au. Now, anyone that does will receive a copy of our book, Stock Market Success. It's retailing in Dimmicks for $39.95. And our magazine, selling in news agencies Australia-wide for $19.95. We're going to be back shortly with your currency and commodity overview. As kids, we were active. We were creative. We questioned all things. We celebrated everything. We took risks. We had no limits. We had dreams. Our imagination helped us solve problems and create new possibilities. Albert Einstein once said, Imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. We are in an ever 
changing world, filled with fear and uncertainty. Don't let that change the inner child within. As Walt Disney said, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. Herzeg is here to help build your dreams and create possibilities. Secure your success with Herzeg Kadari Securities. Throughout time, humans have relied upon innovation to advance and evolve, using new and improved methods, having meaningful impact on society and industries. In order to advance, ideas were transformed into new products and services. The stock market has also evolved through innovation. Innovation has been key to COSEC's success. Using artificial intelligence and machine learning, COSEC has streamlined processes to bring better opportunities to clients. Opportunities that might have otherwise been missed. Join a company that innovates to bring clients the best opportunities and service. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with confidence. Invest with COSEC. Kadari Securities. returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea, Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Bloom, named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate COSEC stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. If you want the COSEC investment edge, you know what you have to do. Call COSEC now or visit cosec.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Do you follow currencies? 
know how the Aussie dollar is travelling? Do you love commodities? Do you see gold prices rising? Do you see more demand for oil? Do you see the world economy growing? Get the latest in-depth analysis and discussion on commodities every week from Real Traders. Get real insights only on The Cosec Show. Currencies and commodities, all things that shine, sparkle, fold and make the world go round. But before we go any further, we do have a question come through and it says, with the US printing 25% more money in the last year, how much longer do you think the world's reserve currency will stay as the US dollar? I think that's implying that we're going to have it change from the US dollar. Is that a likelihood or is that potential? Gabe, what are your thoughts? Well, that is a very multifaceted question. Naturally, we have seen the US. Fantastic question, by the way. Fantastic as well. It's very um. I love it when people. I love it when people ask questions that just make us think on a Friday evening. It makes so much. <laughs> well, fun. I mean, it it's, it's multi. Great. It's very relevant given the current circumstances, uh, particularly even more so given the new administration's um, essentially promise and proposals for the uh, amount of money they're going to be you know giving to the population. Now, there's lots of talk. US may lose its position as a world reserve currency. I think what's going to overtake it? Well, this, well, the obvious second would probably be the renminbi, so the Chinese yuan. Oh, okay, yeah. Naturally, though, I still think that there's a lot of geopolitical factors would probably need to be taken into consideration before that is put forth as the primary hypothesis worth considering. Most importantly, is the actual disparity in military capability between both countries. You got to look at aircraft carriers. You got to look at projective force. All these things. Naturally, this delves outside the world of finance, but they're important considerations nonetheless, given the current global circumstances, I feel. That being said, the US dollar, I mean, the amount of money printing they're doing should really be putting negative pressure on it. However, if you look at the Dixie on a chart, yes, yeah, yeah. what it's been doing, it's been on a little bit of a tear for the past few weeks. And given the amount of bearishness we saw, essentially post-March. Because mm, it was horrific. Right? If you have a look at it now, it's performed quite exceptionally well. And you look at the Euro and the Swiss franc as well. I don't know if it's charts for that. Those have been performing the worst out of all the G8 countries as well. So maybe this is just a bit of a short-term gig for the US dollar. Who knows? Could be doing very well. Again, the Fed is committed to a tapering policy. So they're going to be gradually slowing down the little of QE that they're going to be doing over the years. Potentially, this may be positive for the US dollar. Again, a lot of factors to take into consideration there, especially with that question. What about uh, what about Bitcoin in terms of how that as a relates? reserve currency? As a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do we think that's gonna like? I know a lot of people mm. that have said that it's a little bit more stable. You can't just print more of it; it can't be yep. manipulated. Is there? Is that even even in the realm of a possibility? Or are we talking up in the sky, complete moon numbers? I mean, oh, I don't want to steal your thunder today. No way, because you can't have a reserve currency that's going up and down twenty percent, and nobody bats an eyelid. So, so what if it, so it stables out? So it would need to be it would need to be accepted by essentially everyone. And another problem with that is, as I'm sure a lot of you are all aware, Bitcoin is something which needs to be mined, proverbially, so to speak, in order to be released into the supply. Right now. China essentially has total dominance of Bitcoin mining, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? They're the largest chunk of Bitcoin miners globally because electricity costs are so low. Right, okay. They're the most profitable 
as it relates to producing the Bitcoins because mm-hmm. it requires a lot of electricity to actually be able to generate Bitcoins. Costs there are really low, so they can do a lot of it. Moving forward, given that Bitcoin, the supply, you could almost say, is dominated by China as it currently stands. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of an issue for the US and maybe some other Western countries given that. The hypothesis is there, but you have to take into consideration all those other factors as well, I feel. Yeah. What about the question for yourself? With the twenty like they're saying they're printing twenty five percent more money. I mean, surely that can't what's the effect? Yeah, of I that? guess it is a bit of chicken and egg here because why can they get away with that? It's because they're the reserve currency. It's actually kind of think of look of it the other way around. Because they're the reserve the world's reserve currency and everyone I mean if you want to park your money in bonds, what's the first thing you think of? You think of treasuries. Yeah. So they can get away with all this borrowing because they know people will still continue to buy their bonds. And it's actually kind of what Gabe said. It's, you don't really have to defend the US dollar. It's more, what else is it going to be? Now, China's GDP, its economy, is going to overtake the US's at some point in the future. That's inevitable, unless something dramatic happens. But you have to be a freely floating currency to be the world's reserve currency. I just don't see how it happens any other way. So I know they're in the process of doing that, but until that happens, I don't see it happening. What's the other alternative? Maybe Euro? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I mean, just recently, when I say recently, I don't mean yesterday. I mean, a couple of years ago, there was already talk that, oh, is Italy going to leave? Like they, they all had a little bit of a political uncertainty over there. If you've got any sort of uncertainty like that, mm-hmm. I don't know how the world is going to accept your currency as the reserve currency either. So it's more just a matter of what else are we going to go to? And I feel that's the reason why, at least for the short to medium term, we are stuck with the, uh, the US dollar. Yeah, I, 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 I understand that. I suppose that's one of those big things. Just cycling back into, I suppose, alternatives. Obviously, the Remimbi is one of the ones you said. Bitcoin, another thing that we said. I think that's so true what you said. Is it ever going to settle down and sort of smooth them back out again uh, as, as that one, as, a, as an alternative? What do you, you said, Bitcoin? Bitcoin. Or any other, yeah, Bitcoin, I suppose. Does it, is it ever going to smooth back out again, do you think? Well, look, you know, it's a highly unregulated market and the degree that you can manipulate vectors is quite, uh, you know, apparent. So I think at least but in the short what term. what we've said, mm. it's a highly unregulated market. And this is, I suppose, the point that I was trying to lead us to is, we've said it's a highly unregulated market, but then Mr. Kaos just said, how can they go and just print 25% more money? Isn't that unregulation as well? Yes. Essentially, no. although Did I, I think- say that? Yeah. You said, well, you said, how can they do that? How can they just go out and print more? Oh, no, but I was answering my own question. I actually yeah. just meant they can do it because they're the world's so reserve currency. So they can currency. do it so because it's a, they're the... It's a cyclical thing. You, maybe we could think of it from the other way around. They are able to do that because they're the world's reserve currency, not they're going to lose their status as the reserve currency because they're printing money. And exactly. In fact, everyone's printing money, by the way. So, yeah. yeah. It's a pretty uh, pretty fascinating subject. It is, yeah. It's a good to question. Get that. It's a very, very, very good question it certainly keeps us on our toes if you do if uh, anyone does have any more questions please feel free to put them through let's go over to caroline because she has had her bdi on ore iron ore uh this this week let's have a chat about what iron ore is doing what have we seen so it isn't doing too well this week if you look at the chart its weekly performance reflects that of a u shape so up come down so as of today, it um, rose 3.5%. It's now trading at around $158 a ton. So they oh, two... dropped quick, didn't it? From 170 whatever You've been waiting for this day, right? I was waiting for this day, man. That was a bad pick for you, man. Joking, <laughs> joking. Okay, so there are two sides to this. So on the demand side, um, demand is likely to be slightly softer in the near term. So I'm saying next the next two weeks because the Chinese will be celebra- celebrating their Lunar New Year holiday. 
So in that regard, demand will be soft. But on the supply side of things, um, Vale Q4 production was actually down 4% as opposed to the third quarter. So this means that global supply could be tighter for longer. Very, very good. And I suppose one of the other ones that we just want to take a quick look at is gold. So, I mean, gold, it's the, it's, it, what's it been doing? I mean, gold is one of those things that I remember. It was so exciting to watch for such a long part. I suppose my career and many people in the finance industry's career, you're always looking at what the price of gold is doing, very traded commodity. Now, of course, looking a bit sort of bearish, a little bit ups and downs, a little bit uh, not really, a bit unexciting. Uh, you have any comments on that, Mr. Kelly? Yeah, it's down almost 3% this week. A, a lot, big chunk of that actually happened overnight. Uh, yep. It has been doing the inverse of the US dollar as it's, uh, prone to do, especially in recent times. So yeah, right now, I think we all agree, we've always consistently said medium term, we're fine with gold, but right now is short term. Look at it technically, look at what the US dollar is doing. Probably not the time to be trying to catch <laughs> that and going long. Very good, very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's commodities and currencies in the events that shape them. Now, are you a bull or a bear? Let us know. Our phone lines are now open. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to have a look at what the best and worst performers on the Australian market were this week. The world changed this year. So did the stock market. Is it time for a change in your portfolio? Invest with confidence. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with Kosek, Kodari Securities. RBA has cut interest rates to a record low of 0.1%. Returns in saving accounts are now shockingly low. We have never seen these conditions before. The good news is that the stock market benefits from low interest rates and historically has outperformed property or any other asset class. COSEC uses a unique stock market filtering system called Lotus Blue, which helps generate solid profits for clients. During COVID in April 2020, COSEC recommended Kogan, which went up 340%. In June, COSEC recommended Saracen Minerals, which went up 23%. In October, COSEC recommended Nickel Mines, which went up 33%. If you want your money working overtime, you need to know what stocks to buy and when to sell. That's where COSEC can help. With no barriers to entry, it's just simple investing. Build wealth with a concrete investment strategy. Go to COSEC.com.au. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue and receive our top eight stock picks today.
time, humans have relied upon innovation to advance and evolve, using new and improved methods, having meaningful impact on society and industries. In order to advance, ideas were transformed into new products and services. The stock market has also evolved through innovation. Innovation has been key to COSEC's success. Using artificial intelligence and machine learning, COSEC has streamlined processes to bring better opportunities to clients. Opportunities that might have otherwise been missed. Join a company that innovates to bring clients the best opportunities and service. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with confidence. Invest with COSEC. Kadari Securities. now and have a look at what the best and worst performers for the week were mm -hmm. going straight over to caroline what have you got what have you been looking at and uh what's sort of gone up and what's gone down so i think our local share market we're just back to where we were two weeks ago so we recouped our losses from last week we're now back above six thousand eight hundred points which is good news for us yeah um if we pull up the charts we'll go straight into it the best performer for this week is financials at 0.93 of a percent a lot of heavy weighting with due due to um the big four banks so nap was up about close to 10 percent this week 10 percent this yep. week mm. um cba up close to six percent this week so as a point of reference the market did well <laughs> so they should be passing on those interest rate cuts yeah yeah, they should, yeah. Be, should be there so as a point of reference by wednesday both uh, all these banks they added about eight billion of market cap eight billion mm. wow it's quite that's, massive that's a big big part but of course this is also due to the rba's decision on tuesday which was reflected on their performance on wednesday um the next performer best performers it after pay such 10 percent this week almost touching 150 dollars yeah wow wow 150 not, bucks after yeah. pay not too long ago since we saw it at oh, eight dollars <laughs> march march last year yep unbelievable i remember that stuff four bucks like i, I can't can't mm. even like i can't imagine buying it for clients at four dollars unbelievable all the way out <laughs> and i remember some people saying oh yeah my advisor told me to sell it at 16. Mm. wow that's ten uh, times their you amount you never know you never know and i do like, honestly, four times is pretty good but it's not as good as 40 times you so. know <laughs> i was thinking about it the other day i'm never afraid to hear from people you got me out too early of a stock to reserve risk or preserve capital or anything like that i think a real big thing though is when i said i was never told to get back in because mm -hmm. that's one of the things that at Koshif we really really pride ourselves on is telling people to get back into businesses mm. if they keep going up because who knows what's going to happen and i mean we were all in the market during the crash in in march we all know how quickly things can change we also have all seen stocks run up and run up and run up we saw kogan we saw mm -hmm. the big pullback 
No, I wonder how many people are actually saying get back into businesses that are, that have run out. You may have. That's a really good point because it, remember, stocks aren't the same as people. It's not like you're going back and dating the same person again, right? So it doesn't matter whether stocks you make it. Stocks aren't the same as people. Yeah, newsflash. <laughs> it doesn't really matter if you make the money from ten different stocks or if you get in the same stock ten times. Yeah, right. But that one dollar, or hopefully you're making more than a dollar, but that that dollar is worth the same regardless of how you made it. Yeah, of course, so of that course. I think that is actually a very good point. I remember um, one of my earliest jobs was as an intern in the trading division at UBS, mm -hmm. and one guy only ever traded BHP and the yes. preference shares in BHP. So the only thing that ever came out of his mouth was BHP. BHP, right? But he had a job on the desk, which was to just trade the largest market cap stock on the ASX at the time. Same thing with Wes Farmers. Like Wes Farmers, before it did the the, the mergers and the calls and, and everything sort of sort of like that demerged and everything. It was trading in a range. Got what the range was, but I think it was let's just say between sort of thirty and, and sort of forty two or something like that. Literally, you put your buy orders there, sell orders there, and just go on holiday and just mm. trade that back up and down. I mean, it was such a range bound kind of a stock as a sort of thing. But the problem is, lots of stocks these days aren't range bound. They're upward trending. I think it's important to identify when it might be a good time to get back into a business that's done particularly well. Excellent. Let's talk, go over to Gabe and talk a little bit about where was their real softness this week? What, what stocks really didn't perform well or what sectors do you think didn't do so well this week? Hmm. Well, there's something that I know Caroline follows really close. Something I did notice was that Origin Energy, one of those utility mm, companies, mm. did very poorly. No, I think that Wally Parsons had a had a pretty bad pullback as well. Is that right? Indeed. Yeah, yeah a lot of those LNG companies. They removed think... the Parsons, didn't they? I think they just called. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've been Wally Parsons for I'm ages. Okay, I'm showing, I... showing my age now. See that? Show? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> These yeah. young bucks have come in there and said that's not actually called. Wally I think Parsons. our excellent that research team might have pointed that out. To yeah, you. it's yeah. just Wally now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know, I know, AGL Origin not necessarily the best performers this week amongst mm -hmm. other utility companies. I know they came up with a report. I'm sure Caroline probably has a little more insight into it. Um, but I just saw some very negative candlesticks on the day. So I think that's probably one of the worst performers that week. And how, let's go over to Linson. How's, uh, how's tech sort of doing at the moment? Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see how our tech does. The reason is now all the big tech firms over in the US have reported. So I think maybe most of them did it last week. But this week we had, uh, well, the two, Amazon and Alphabet. Uh, everyone knows them as Google. I still think of them as Google. In fact, their ticker is still G-O-O-G-L. Is that right? Yeah. It is, yeah. So... Uh, I mean, Google just, is it fair to say they blasted through all of their expectations? Mm -hmm. And Amazon beat all expectations as well. Some of the reason why that didn't go amazing. up as much. Yeah, well, Amazoning, amazing. yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe part of the reason it didn't go up quite as much as Google is because Jeff Bezos is stepping down as CEO. So to the extent that they are tying the success of that company to him, and he is you know, quite a... He is, it's one of those companies where you really do associate, I mean, associate, not, yeah, of course. exactly yeah. like Elon Musk and Tesla, you just associate Bill Gates. It's just yeah, what, what you, would happen if he stepped down. Yeah. <laughs> so, but having said that, I mean, Steve Jobs, yeah, well, was, Apple's still going gangbusters. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fair call. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair call. I know it's sort of, there's always a sort of mandatory sort of selling off period that they have when it's a long stand stand. I uh, see, so I know. Jeff Babbage from A2 Milk, he sort of resigned, stepped down. There was a bit of a pullback. I don't know, Blackmore's uh, had, had their CEO stepped down 
uh, and that um, I think Marcus Blackmore stepped in, and the, and the, I remember the stock dropping to eighty dollars. This was back in twenty seventeen. Showing off your knowledge, very well done. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> get that once you've been around a little bit, not mm. as, as uh, new to the game. <laughs> very good. So, in terms of uh, some sort of areas where you could see potential growth, Gabe, do you think that it might be time to re-enter back into retail? Because I know that's something that had that whole sector rotation away. Is it time to now move back in into that? Well, you know, I don't think retail is a bad space to be in whatsoever. Important to know is maybe changes in consumer decision-making and habits. Naturally, with the pandemic, even with the vaccine, you may still have a lack of keenness, so to speak, to enter physical stores. Yes, right. Which is why these online channels are going to be so important. But these have all been established essentially by the better performing companies throughout the pandemic. You know, your accent groups, uh, your super retail groups, for example. All of those would have been fleshed out very nicely during the pandemic. I think retail is not a bad space to be in at all. You have really low interest rates, maybe people a little bit more cashed up, want to do more things. Why wouldn't they spend it on retail items? I think uh, one thing we'd be very much aware of is, is Kogan and Temple and Webster. Kogan and Temple and Webster, I'm going to talk about both of them and you guys chime in if you can. Kogan, big hit, big, big, big drop off. A lot of red candlesticks bounced off that uh, 200 day EMA and EMA. Uh, just sort of now sort of starting to see a bit more movement back towards the north. But Temple and Webster, similar. That's had a big pullback. Uh, Caroline, are you aware of what happened surrounding that pullback? So this week, it reported its first half results, sales up 106%. Wow. But it didn't fare well on the day when it reported, and the day after was down significantly. That's just, guys, is this illogical? Is that an illogical thing to do? You know what I always say, just you just say expectations. Yeah, just say expectations. I mean, that's often the answer. Yeah, Sometimes the answer is supply yeah. and demand. Like, so, <laughs> there's, a, there's a standard set of answers. Could go up. Risk on, risk down. off, hard, yeah. Hard but on, honestly, this one, it, it had to be expectations. I mean, yeah, that's on its own, great result. Yeah. All right, why, why else would it fall? Yeah. I think Gabe, last week, he brought up Kogan, um, the quarterly activities report. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sales was up and then it went down as well. Yeah. What are we looking at? For the future, Gabe, what are we looking at in terms of reporting? What are you excited to see report this time around? Mm. Well, taking a lead from some of those companies in the US that are reported, we've got Alphabet with better than expected advertising revenues coming in. In fact, 97% of tech companies in the US beat analysts' earning expectations. Okay. So that's so what was that percentage again? 97%. Okay. Thus far. So doing quite well so far, uh, potentially that may be reflected in our own market. One company I am looking at is Appen. That's okay. APX. Now, Again, this is language a, translation services amongst other things yeah, as well. Okay. Now, this is one that has been, if you look at it on a chart, it's just going down, down, okay. down, down, has been going down, maybe finding support now, some of which is looking really attractive. I mean, it's roughly 50% down from the highs. Yes. And that has, a, 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 I mean, I think we spoke about it last week on the podcast, still got that big broker call about 40% upside or 30%. Yeah. Upside a lot of brokers really positive. And why, why wouldn't they be, you know, mm, I mean, the yeah. company, the company is still fundamentally mm. as sound as it was, it's just the share price has been moving in a slightly more negative and direction. Just to reiterate, I think, uh, when you say there's still the same broker call, it's yeah. not like we're, we're talking about one from November. They yeah. actually came out with a new report two weeks yeah. ago, reiterating that. And I believe they increased their price target as well. Right. No, no. Was it the well, same price it, target. I think they reduce the price target a bit, but okay. the maintain um, the rate. They maintain the correct, but the upsides are still double digits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not not double digits as in twenty percent. I think it's something a, a bit more like twenty five or thirty. Or is yeah, that right? Double yeah. Digit. Yeah. Consensus yeah. is roughly <laughs> consensus is roughly around wow. thirty, and I think given that expectations may just be so low, uh, for the for the company that I think moving into the reporting season, if they report better than expected, 
naturally given that analyst expectations has been the narrative, so to speak, maybe a company that can do quite well. I think one of the ones that we've been keeping a very close eye on is, of course, I mean, obviously we all talk about Afterpay Touch. They had a big, bull, uh, big, big uh, movement today and uh, this week. Let's talk about EML as well. That had a big movement today, up over 4%. Has that got anything to do with PayPal and eBay reporting encouraging numbers in the US? Well, that certainly would make logical sense. I mean, you know, they're both um, you know, online payment platforms. eBay's, you know, that online store as well, PayPal, exactly yep. that. Um, so that would make sense. Again, it's within that fintech space. Afterpay's been doing well. EML's doing well. EML's um, still a very long way down from where it was pre-COVID. Yep. It still has not recovered, and the market's recovering at a great rate of knots. So still got a bit of room for a run for that. Too early to jump in technically? You think it's okay or? Look, you know, it, it does it does move around quite a bit. It's, you know, it's sitting around support levels at the moment. Again, it's something that I really do like long-term. Uh, being that digital payment space, I think moving forward makes a lot of sense when you're taking into the broader scope of the macroeconomic environment. It just makes sense. Are you a buyer of Afterpay? <laughs> no. Uh, not not at 150. You're thinking. No, it's a bit too dear for me. But, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's. Uh, it's you got to save up some more to get to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a, bit, it's a bit too expensive. Mind you, they did say it was expensive at 50, and then at 60 and 70, 80. You know the way. I'm sure they said. Uh, sure they said CSL was very expensive at two hundred dollars as well. So what about yourself? Uh, you so you think you think tech reporting quite well. You think that could be a, an area of value based on that. What have we got sort of reporting next week, Caroline? Anything interesting? Next week we have Borrow. So that's a building BLB. construction company yep. on Tuesday. We have. Um, baby bunting on Friday. That'll be interesting. That's been looking pretty good lately. It'd be interesting to know whether people are positioning, expecting a good result. Maybe there's a little bit of a, uh, someone said something to someone. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, it is, it's made, I don't know if it's an all-time high, but it's a definitely I'm a relative sure, high. I'm pretty sure it's all-time high. Yeah, it's looking pretty good. Now, keep in mind, baby bunting uh, in sort of March, well, this time sort of last year, maybe a little bit later on, they announced that they had very encouraging both online and in-store sales revenues coming through mm. and that they were deemed to be an essential service because obviously it's baby products. Said, mm-hmm. We all know that narrative behind that. It'd be very interesting to see if that continues forward. Might mm. be something that we... Uh, Look at analyzing. Anything else that's sort of happening next week at Interesting? I think if I don't remember wrongly, Simic, Simic, Simic Group, Group is on um, Wednesday, and then we have Northern Star as well. Wow. All right, let's talk about that. Northern Star. Merger with Saracen. Mm. Net ad. What do we think the price is going to do for Northern Star? So, I mean, I think the market reacted positively to it, but mm-hmm. it's already done it because no new. it's not like they changed the structure of the deal. So... That was one of those few days. I can't remember how, how long ago we talked about this and whether we discussed it on the mm. podcast or just in our investment meetings, but that was one of the few where they actually liked it for both sides. Quite often you see a merger where they think the bidder overpaid for the target. So they think, oh, great for the target, mm. but bidder, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, you didn't have to pay that much for it. But this one was truly a, a merger of equals where they, they merged the shares together. It, mm. it was fairly valued and um, it's created, what, a top 10 global gold producer now. So I think the actual fundamentals of it, great. Again, just tying back to one of our previous segments, right now maybe don't try to catch that falling knife mm-hmm. with gold, but definitely something we're keeping our eye on. I mean, that's definitely, mm-hmm. when the gold rebounds, that could be one of the ones. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a good business. Good to look at moving in there. I mean, it's what, trading at 
$12 at the moment or something around the new crest is up around the $40 mark. Is that right? Or up around the, in the big double digits before I get in trouble again. We could anticipate potentially big movements for that stock. When you take into account Saracen, very good stock combining with that safe to assume we might see a bit of movement there in the future at some point. Yes. Yes. Very good. So that's the best and the worst on the ASX this week. Now, do you have a stock that you've been watching for a while? Is it time to buy, sell, or maybe average in? Why not send us a message and we can ask our panel in the meantime. Let's take a short break and we'll be back with you with our final section of the show. returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea. Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Blue, named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate Cosex stock picks are. Get a free seven day access to Lotus Blue today. If you want the COSEC Investment Edge, you know what you have to do. Call COSEC now or visit COSEC.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Trust is key to any relationship. Fortunately, it's nothing that can be bought. It's earned. As an investor working with an organisation, they need to demonstrate integrity. They must show consistency. Full transparency accountability. They must be genuine in their approach. Their core values must align with yours. They need to put your interest first. If you are considering investing, 
work with an organization that earns and nurtures trust. Work with an organization you believe in. Work with an organization that treats you the same way they like to be treated. Join an organization that views clients as people, not people as clients. If you are considering investing, consider Kosek Kadari Securities. kids, we were active. We were creative. We questioned all things. We celebrated everything. We took risks. We had no limits. We had dreams. Our imagination helped us solve problems and create new possibilities. Albert Einstein once said, imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. We are in an ever-changing world filled with fear and uncertainty. Don't let that change the inner child within. As Walt Disney said, imagination has no age and dreams are forever. Kosek is here to help build your dreams and create possibilities. Secure your success with Kosek Kadari Securities. Welcome back. The moment we've all been waiting for, the final section of the Kosek Show. So this is what investors are really looking for. Now we know what gold, the dollar's done this week. We know what the top performers for the week were. Now let's take a look at what our panel is looking at for the week to come. But before we go any further, we actually have a question being sent into us and we're gonna to go to that right now. Hey guys, Janoy here. Just seen that oil's at a 12 month high and I was wondering if it's too late to join the party. Thanks a lot, speak to you soon. So there you had it, a little bit of a question about what we think oil. Let's go straight to our panel. I think the question sort of what do we think the short, medium, long-term sort of views on oil are going to be. In terms of the actual chart of oil, what are we looking at? Mr. Ryan, have you been keeping a close eye on it? Oh, yeah, I have indeed. Now, that's been uh, doing pretty nicely of late, um, moving in a pretty positive direction, I think. For a number of factors, great compliance from Iraq, also, I think on everyone's mind at the forefront is this rollout of these COVID vaccines everywhere. Mm -hmm. So last I checked, I think there were over 110 million doses administered. That number is only going to get bigger, right? Mm -hmm. Moving forward, that may potentially have positive uh, implications for the demand side at the very least. And given that a lot of consensus targets for oil range from you know, 65, 75, even 85 mm -hmm. dollars per barrel. It's currently around 55, 56. I mean, oil could be a good play moving forward. Very good. And what about what about yourself, Caroline? Have you been noticing anything in your readings throughout the... Yeah, so oil has been doing exceptionally well. Um, one factor is based on the fact that um, there's a decline in crude inventory. So mm -hmm. crude in inventories currently lie within the lowest 
It's been at the lowest level since March 2020. And just this Wednesday, OPEC and its allies, OPEC Plus, they have continued to extend output cuts. So when we look at, because when we look at oil, and I am I am in agreement. So let's go around the let's go around the room, uh, Mr. Cow. Mm. Bullish oil, short short term. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's for the exact. You flip it on its head. What we said with gold, like yep. medium term, great. But why would you try to catch that? Yep. So flip it on its head. It's made it made a twelve month high last night and the night before and the night before. Why would you try to stand in front of and that? The, just let the, it just let it keep going and see where it goes. So you're very bullish on oil. Gabe? Yeah, absolutely, same, same deal. And Caroline, you're pretty pretty bullish on... Yeah, actually, I looked at the chart. It's just 16% away from its highs before the, pre -pen, uh, before so the all pandemic. Time, all so, time. Yeah. Okay, very good. So, let's, what oil stocks are we looking at? I suppose if we're all bullish on oil, and I know mm -hmm. that's something that we've been mentioning a lot of uh, to a lot of clients about, why don't we uh, talk about what our sort of top stock pick for oil is moving forward? We follow obviously that sort of value approach where we look at what the fundamentals of the business are you know find the best one and we actually come down to sort of one stock that we think really meets that criteria mr ryan what is it uh beach energy limited that's bpt now obviously we also have oil search mm -hmm. which is another oil player i think one of the key differentiators being that they are an in based primarily in png png now Take with that what you will. I like the fact that BBT is operating within Australia. Adelaide, yeah. Well, they're out of Adelaide, but they operate, you know, all over the country, or in New Radelaide, Zealand as well. Adelaide. <laughs> Certainly. And, and again, you know, it's the same deal with any sort of commodity play. Um, if the underlying commodity in which the company deals with is moving in a positive direction, why wouldn't the company also do well? Because there are positive earnings implications for the yeah. company. So it makes logical sense. So I'm assuming if oil is such a 12 month high, then we would should see beach energy to 12 month high. Is that right, Mr. Cal? Not quite, no. And that maybe that's part of the value proposition. So institutions have it with, I mean, obviously not all of them have the same target price, but they're basically all green. What I mean by that is they have target prices that are above the current okay. price. Well, the majority of them do. And we can see from the chart, if we have that handy, that it is about to enter. In fact, the uh, top of that week did just poke above the upper Donchian channel. So it looks like it's going to, Going to jump into that? Are we, I know we sent that as an opportunity to all of our clients yesterday. Yesterday, that's yeah, like 3% today. today. So, and that's not, it didn't pump 3% on the open. It actually opened up 1% and then it slowly just yes. started moving, moving up into a positive direction off the back end of that. Great, great business. I mean, I've, I've got a bit of a, I was in, looked at Beach Energy back 2018, 2017, and it just mm. did a phenomenal run up. First time it cracked two two dollars, just continued. Just it was a it was a very very strong upward um upward trajectory. Pick the bottom, did you will? Say again. You picked the bottom. I did not pick <laughs> the bottom. I uh, I did not pick the bottom. I'm certainly not not smart enough to be looking at that. Caroline, what risks do you see with a stock like uh, like Beach? Are there any risks associated with it? Or? I think primarily maybe just the primary risk I can think of is probably OPEC. Okay, right. Yeah. So. They have they decide to not not cut the women. We could see the price. They have, but they have been relatively compliant as well. Okay. The okay. thing is, you know that in the background they secretly want to release more. Mm -hmm. yep. So as the price goes up, maybe they start trickling some out. So maybe it just means it doesn't go up as quickly. Puts a cap on it somewhere. But for the short term, I think we're all in agreement that we are quite bullish on it. Okay. And in terms of Beach Energy, uh, in terms of because we'll have a report at some time this month. How have the other oil stocks reported over in the US? Who showed me that this morning in the investment committee? Was that yourself, Gabe? Yeah, that would have been myself. So you had Anglo-Dutch uh, super major Shell. They had a profit of $4.85 for 2020, which is actually down 
87% for the year. So pretty, uh, pretty hefty, uh, nominally yeah. a negative result, you would say. Nevertheless, did pretty well on the day. Share price up. Yeah. Raised, yeah, raised the dividend as well. So I think it's one of those situations yet again where you've got to take into consideration the earnings expectations from analysts. So people know that it's going to be bad, but they're just like... I mean, oil you know, prices went negative, you know. I mean, how good can it be? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's something to take into consideration. Again, leveraging off that as well could be a it's good It's like idea. a car company like Tesla saying, yeah, our cars are now... We're actually paying, you had to get paid to get your car taken away. Yeah, it's not exactly. even worth holding on to. It's like the car company's going to make no money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Excellent. And what about yourself and Scott? Any risks that you see with a stock like this? Because, I mean, it does look very good. What's about 50% down from where it was uh, a year ago? Is there anything that's going to stop it just running towards the north? Or? Yeah. I mean, if you'd asked me first, I would have said OPEC. If we want to go stock specific, we just have to wait for for the reports. Uh, I mean, it did indicate oversold. It's emerging from on the stochastic oscillator. It is emerging from that. Uh, having said that, you know maybe it hits the uh, the mid donchin turns around. We don't we don't know. So hard to say. it is hard to say. But right now, I mean, there's a reason we did get clients into it. It's not because we think it's going down. Yeah. So very bullish on it. Bullish Gabe and bullish Caroline. Very good, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. On behalf of everyone here at the show, I want to wish our clients, friends, and colleagues a safe and happy weekend. And we look forward to seeing you next week on the show. My name is Will Brownlee. This has been The Coast Show.